0: Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk to James Pratt?
1: I am, because after all, we we are are the Watchers of Movies. So it's really, it's really great to have you on. Yeah. uh, I guess we should start out saying that uh, we are interviewing James Pratt today. He is an actor, director, and, uh, and producer, too, right? And we're excited to have you on, James.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, tell us about yourself. What's, what's, what's up? Story? What's going on? Yeah.
2: Well, first of all, thank you very much for, for just having the conversation. Uh, I love what you guys do, so thank you.
1: Thank you! But, <laughs> that makes us feel really good.
2: <laughs> and uh, j- just, I, I suppose the best way to say, like, right now, what am I doing? Uh, so, like, Hollywood, right in the middle of the the actors' strike at the moment. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very interesting to see how people react. Like, some people are kind of like, let's just wait this thing out. Other people get, you know, quite into it, and every day they're picketing, and, and other people seem to kind of be like, well, my agent's gonna call anytime, and They'll they'll figure it out. So there's I mean, different people have different uh, kind of like, I guess you could say business models at the moment.
1: Are you are you struggling with the whole writer's strike, too? Or is it okay for you? Like, are you part of like SAG? Because isn't that something that's going on with them?
2: Yeah, I I had one of those like Days of Our Lives kind of episodes, I think, uh, which was I got a TV show about five months ago. And we showed one episode and then the writer's strike happened oh. so then so then the show got put on ice uh because it was too early to to kind of make any decisions and then when the the actor's strike happened they said oh no well the show's indefinitely going to be um shut down so so that there was that episode i guess you could say of uh of days of our lives and then uh the passion project which uh is very close to my heart which it's a UFO sci-fi thriller shooting of Vasquez Rocks, where we were sort of creeping closer and closer to shooting that at the end of summer, and then the uh, the actor strike happened, which is under SAG, so everything's just now about pivoting. So there's a there's a waiver form, um, which is like an interim waiver you can get, which we're sort of in the process of getting. Uh, but it's yeah, it's just been kind of like one of those years. Everything's kind of like you know up, then down, then this happens. So yeah, yeah. make good reality tv yeah
0: yeah that sounds super stressful i remember i was actually just thinking this week sort of about the writer's strike and and well the whole strike about how the last time this happened it was in the middle of a like in the winter i think so we all felt it more like those of us who aren't in hollywood but it's i think it's maybe difficult for us outside of hollywood in summertime you know because we're not seeing that right now like nobody's shows are getting interrupted you know so i think it's it's important to like remember that this is happening every day and most people involved in the movie making business are not like brad pitt who has probably two billion dollars you know (laughs) yeah
1: brad pitt's gonna be fine it
0: affects like like, the working man basically and and it it, maybe people don't feel it when they're not like oh well i can still watch anything i want streaming i don't know you know so it is it is really pivotal that it yeah it's I, soon I think I remember yeah that's a great it, it, I
1: think yeah. that's a great
2: point cause, yeah sorry you, no you guys, I
1: was uh, I was gonna say I remember the first time um because that show heroes was on and I was super into heroes and then it just went like really downhill because they didn't have the writers to make it you know watchable really so, right. <laughs> yeah well I
2: keep hearing that obviously like the longer the strike goes on, the more that uh, reality TV will be a go-to for studios just to get content, which I sometimes question because I, I sort of feel like they've used up every single idea for reality TV already. It's like What else can you come
0: up with? Well, don't ask that question too loudly. (laughs) You might be uh, afraid of the results. I mean, some of the
2: reality shows,
1: like 90 Day Fiance, always make me go, you know what? At least I'm not engaged to some rando that I met like two days before. (laughs) Like I'm making good decisions.
2: right although probably have like 91 day fiance or something yeah yeah no <laughs> probably removed. like
0: 10 day fiance airport fiance yeah. <laughs> yeah. airport fiance. <laughs> yeah. you met them two
1: seconds ago do you want to get married i guess <laughs> so
0: yeah so tell us anyway so tell us about like yourself um you know yeah were you always interested in the movie business or did this just sort of how did that trajectory come about
2: well it's, it's it's really different because I, I grew up in Australia uh, originally in, in Sydney and then I, uh, I found myself in this very small country town with not many people there uh, and I, <clears throat> I spent time there and it basically just had wheat fields and tractors and occasionally like a crop duster plane would come it was very it was just it was so different um, and I was there with work And I ended up making like a $200 short film while I was there. And then that short film got into NBC Shorts Fest. Oh, cool. uh, Which, uh, you know, just a very quick story. But basically they thought I had spent all this money over at NBC because I had like, you know, thousands of acres of wheat fields and I had these sunrise gold settings. And they were like, well, you know, this must have cost a lot of money to get to this place and to hire that plane. And it's like, um, (laughs) It was two hundred dollars. Yeah, a hundred dollars <laughs> to hire the camera, hundred dollars uh, for 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 the, uh, the the catering or the food. Uh, but the the, the trade off was there just was no actors, directors, writers, anyone there. So I had to suddenly, you know, act, direct, write, edit, mm-hmm. do everything uh, just to sort of make it happen. And I I didn't really have huge expectations. It was more just that that moment where you you sort of realize, well, hey, I probably won't. I won't be having access to, you know, this kind of landscape uh, for, you know, for a while at least. So uh, that was probably the, the trigger that kind of kicked things off um, because I straight after high school, I went to an acting school called NIDA. Uh, so I'd sort of learned acting But the, the whole behind the scenes was very, very interesting to me after that. And then that was like a good, uh, you know, a good segue of getting in the industry. And then that... From that initial sort of uh, reaction from NBC over in the US um, about this guy in Australia that just he had this huge budget to shoot in the middle of the <laughs> outback, uh, they uh, and, and when I say like it's two hundred dollars short film, I'm, I really mean like it, it wasn't spectacular. Looking back, it just had this art direction that just popped because you know you had kind of that Dances with Wolves sort of wide shots, which just you know sweeping vistas and. It, it looked good um, but obviously I, there was a lot of you know learning I need between now and then about like you know editing and things like that but oh yeah uh, that yeah they they took an interest and they had the idea that is this a feature film because the short film was like there was a 17 minute version uh, so yeah I mean there was a deal that was sort of done between NBC and myself to um, to have the the IP basically of a feature film which Uh, ended up being sort of shelved, but That was the initial sort of kicking things off.
1: So what was What was the little NBC? um, Movie called what was your short called?
2: Oh, yeah, so it's called New York model agent Um, What New York what was it? Oh, New York model agent
1: Model agent, okay
2: (laughs) Okay. Sorry, uh, New York model agent. Yeah,
1: okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I need uh, subtitles just for like TV. So real life is like I also need subtitles apparently. So you know. That's
2: all right. No, no problem. Uh, yeah, it was it was like a it was like a goofy comedy about this terrible model agent that thinks he's going to scout the next supermodel uh, off a photo he sees uh, of this girl in the outback in Australia. And obviously, you know, country towns people are quite insular and they're very like you know change. You stand out, you know, basically, if you mm-hmm. arrive. So you can imagine a guy arriving from New York looking for a girl uh, from, you know, another country. He just basically gets everybody angry, you know, and gets punched in the face because he's he's very dopey. Like, he's like, no, no, like, this is... I'm looking for this girl, and they all think he's, like, a creep. Um, <laughs> that sounds funny. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then he finally finally finds her and then he realizes at that point like it's a you know the change had happened like he he'd fallen in love with the town in an aspect and realizes hey like i don't want to bring someone from a you know beautiful town to the chaos of new york oh, just yeah. to make money feel better mm-hmm. um but yeah his intelligence level would be you know not quite dumb and dumber but you know getting <laughs> getting that level yeah mm-hmm. Oh, th- right. that's
0: funny that you mentioned Dumb and Dumber, because when I was watching Malibu Crush, I thought you might have, like, had, like, this, it felt like an homage, like, maybe you had, like, this love for Dumb and Dumber, and Dumb and Dumber <laughs> is one of my, like, uh, building block movies that I grew up on, so I, <laughs> here, the, yeah. the, like, goofy buddy buddy comedy, I I was right there with them chasing after a girl and everything, I was like, this this feels like he grew up on Dumb and Dumber, like I did, almost.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, the Folly Brothers' writing. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Shallow Hal, Dumb uh, and Dumber. Dumber uh, you myself, what is it? Me, myself, and Irene. Something about Mary. <laughs> I, I think those guys are genius uh, with their comedy. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. Um, but let me ask, what, what's what's your favorite comedy? What are, what are your guys' favorite comedies? Oh
1: jeez. well my uh, oh so I have I really immediately thought of one. So um,
0: <laughs> well, I had I grew up on like I said, Dumb and Dumber. Billy Madison and Tommy Boy were like my three Ooh, core Boy, building Tommy movies Tommy like those are the movies good. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also really like Robin Hood Men and Tights you asked yes. for one and I gave you four but that's we say... both
1: love Mel Brooks we're both yeah. big Mel Brooks fans so yeah um well my first thought was The Spy Who Dumped Me oh,
0: that's
1: yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. <laughs> with Kate McKinnon and uh, <laughs> Mila Kunis I I thought it was hilarious I watched it like 15 times on Hulu it was like I couldn't stop watching this movie so yeah that I would say that one
2: it's it's hard to find i i found just to kind of circle back to your question yeah i i absolutely love the farley brothers that style of writing uh and so that i i suppose like the it's harder to find these days but those old school sort of comedies like tommy boy uh beverly hills ninja um some of chevy chases uh movies like it's hard to find those movies now but i I mean, maybe I'm just different, but when I grew up, I thought they were funnier than what is today. Like, I just Mm -hmm. love that sort of stupid kind of making fun of yourself comedies.
0: Yeah, um, the movie, No Hard Feelings, that's in theaters right now with Jennifer Lawrence. To me, that felt like an extreme throwback to 90s comedy. I really enjoyed that and it felt refreshing because I agree with you, like modern day comedies are missing that, I think modern day comedies are missing that goofy aspect a lot of the time and um they either go way too far into it or they don't do it at all and i think that the in the 90s like those movies had this awesome balance of like goofiness and funny and heart and i thought that the movie no hard feelings was was kind of like a throwback so if you haven't seen that you might enjoy it
1: <laughs> you know i actually had someone else recommend that to me yesterday
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
2: i saw the trailer and i thought like cuz you know when you see the trailer of that you kind of think oh well, this is not quite like I haven't seen a, a trailer like this for a while. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's really encouraging. There's there's an old school movie which, and I'll be upfront. It's it's more a guy's old school. Like it's in that like audience of American Pie. Um, uh, it's called Tomcats. If you guys oh, ever saw Jerry O'Connell, I think I've ever heard,
0: heard, heard of is that one. Jerry something in, I mean, Jerry O'Connell. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, I've never seen it, but I'm, I I know of it.
2: Yeah. See that so, that's it, another movie. It, I, it does I sound just, familiar. Uh, it is it's it's very funny um old school comedy but just a quick story with that what's very funny is you know uh i remember i had my next door neighbor and i was in high school when that came out and my next door neighbor was like oh can you like give us a ride to the movies um and my dad and i were going like somewhere that evening and was like yeah sure and we're driving along and my dad's kind of like oh what movie are you seeing And and my friend ben he's like Oh, Tomcats! And just to put it in perspective, Tomcats is about a guy that um, basically is an endless bachelor, and his friend tries to get him married in order to get the like a, a pool of money, like the last man standing. So basically, it's you know it's a guy who just loves to date all the time. My dad, he's kind of driving along. He's like, oh, like a World War II plane.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, dads.
2: My next-door neighbor, Ben, was like, he's very polite, kind of like a little bit introverted guy, doesn't want to go and say, oh, no, it's about this guy that's trying to get laid all the time. Like, like, so so my friend Ben's kind of like, um, yeah, like, I think it's plane's in it. or two maybe. I
0: love it. You're like, oh, what do I do? I'm my like, friend's dad. I don't want to, like, like can I of something them. you'd say. You'd be like, yeah, there's a
2: planer or a yeah. three or something.
1: I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: just don't, I just I, I, no, it's 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 funny when you kind of like think of something stupid like that kind of reflects the the goofiness of the movies. But yeah, and then it was kind of weird because uh, I know my dad did bring that movie up a couple times, um, like to Ben, <laughs> the next door neighbor, uh, just being like, oh, you know, what's the movie like? And of course, like Ben doesn't want to say like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a World War Two movie. No, yeah. it was just yeah. <laughs>
0: There was probably people oh. in World War II doing exactly what they were doing. You know, it's, <laughs> it's people fun. are people.
2: Right? Yeah, there's a link. There's You're, a link.
0: Somewhere. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so we did have, we actually have a couple of questions that we kind of wanted to, um, you know, ask, obviously. Uh, we wanted to know, first of all, what was, uh, what, what was it about our podcast that like stood out to you that you wanted to reach out to us?
2: Well, I thought you put a little bit of detail, like as in you talk about movies, you talk about other stuff. Uh, and then I think I read somewhere as well where it's like the business, but also just having a conversation, which I thought was kind of, it's nice. It's not kind of like, oh, hey, we review movies and we'll give, you know, four out of 10, three out of 10, where it's very like, you know, I guess you could say like black and white. Uh, I thought it was sort of interesting. And, and then also just it just seemed like you guys had like a real rapport. Like it wasn't kind of like some of the, uh, the covers where it's like, they've done a photo shoot at, you know, behind the Hollywood sign and kind of made it look like entourage. Uh, Oh,
1: well, we we've yeah, been friends for like ten years, so yeah. we we've known each other for a while. We're just record- <laughs> we're recording conversations we'd be having anyway. Well, exactly. So I mean, it's a magic sauce. It's a little more refined for the podcasting, but for the most part, it's pretty much the same thing we would just be talking about in person. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: what well, I, I read, I read the story. Like you guys read an eye yeah, we met.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so yeah, we met at an IHOP. Uh, I was with another friend, and um, she was there by herself. I was there
0: using the free internet. Yeah,
1: and I was like, "Hey, why don't you come sit with us?" And then the rest is history. We yeah. just became friends. And then after well, that.
0: and then she invited me to hang out with her at her house. After that, <laughs> you should tell and the she story said, about that. <laughs> That's what I'm okay, doing okay, right okay, now. Okay, okay. She said uh, she had this like coffee table that was a box, and she was like, "This is where I'm going to." It was put- a
1: huge tree. Like a steamer trunk
0: almost. I told I her I told her that my friends that I I told my friends that I'd met somebody at the IHOP and we were gonna hang out. I met a new friend and they were like, Samantha, she's gonna rob you And I was like, She's not gonna rob me So I told I was telling Lauren this and Lauren said, Yes, and I'll put your dead body in this box. And that was when I knew that we were gonna be friends. I guess most people would be scared of <laughs> away. I mean, thank me. God my
1: macabre <laughs> sense of humor, you know, yeah. came in handy because, uh... And, but yeah, so we kind of just I don't know clicked I guess and yeah then, just and we like movies yeah well we actually started working in the same place together and I had never listened to podcasts before and I was like why don't we start a podcast and she's like are you serious let's do it and I was like yeah let's do it because we both love movies and yeah. one time we, we love were, talking yeah <laughs> we love we love talking one time we were like ooh, coming home and we were like argue agreeing about like yell agreeing about like Star Trek or something it was the second yeah Star Trek? the new so we're,
0: the like, second we're like Trek. I Totally
1: agree with you (laughs) On this thing So uh, Yeah We you know, it's just been kind of, it's been fun. It's been really fun and an interesting experience to do this because it's, it's, like, and I started, I'm working on my own podcast, too. It's going to be a history podcast, so it's going to be a lot different from this one. It's just going to be, like, essay style, but, uh, and it's it's been, like, a learning curve with, like, doing audio and everything. It's been, it's been a real bitch, i got to tell you. <laughs>
2: I, I, I give you guys credit because, yeah, it's very genuine, like, obviously, like, the, you know, camaraderie you have, but also just doing something on movies, I feel it has, like, quite a bit of depth to it. Like, you can dissect it or you can talk on the surface about it. Uh, some of the podcasts I have seen, you know, people are picking pretty niche markets um, or they're picking very derivative, you know, like how I went from $100,000 to $800,000. Listen to my podcast. yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I think it's great what you're doing. Oh,
1: thank Thanks, you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we've been doing it for what three years now? Three
2: going on four. It's been a while, yeah. We
0: were pre-pandemic podcasts. We're OG. We were, yeah. <laughs> we were.
2: yeah. Oh, that was a wild time. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, have you been? Again.
0: Have you been in Los Angeles for like a, a quite a few years? So you spent the pandemic in Los Angeles, and I assume do you have family in Australia? So you couldn't go visit them, or?
2: it's it's interesting because when you bring up the pandemic so i was in la before then and i believe it was march 2020 i got a i was coming back to la from new york and one person had a mask on the plane and i remember at the time like just thinking to myself i was like oh here we go like you know <laughs> someone's trying to make this thing a big deal and it was like in like 3 weeks like it was like everyone who's an Australian citizen like was recommended to come home to Australia. So oh, wow. I went back to Australia thinking I'll be there for You know six weeks or something uh, and, and at the time everything was kind of closing down in LA remember they had those restrictions started to come in and they were saying you know like Distancing so I kind of figured well it might even be better in Australia I could go surfing and and kind of get get a holiday in I was there for over 12 months Wow!
0: Uh, yeah, yeah and,
2: Australia was so much worse than America. I mean, they, they locked you there, and getting out of Australia to go back to LA was like you had to get like this pass, like you had to write and prove that you had a job back in America, and this whole thing, it was like, like getting a visa again. And I just remember when I, <clears throat> I came back to LA, the, the plane had 339 seats on it. It was Delta. And there was, uh, what was it? There was 12 of us on the, no, eight of us on the plane. Whoa. And 12, uh, wow. Oh That's my the
0: goodness. dream, I though. Pictures.
1: I love that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, the, spread out, you
2: know? <laughs> I, I, yeah. Like, I, I had these pictures. It was kind of a wild story because they said there's no first class or anything or business class. You sit wherever you want. And the tickets are quite premium. And uh, everyone, of course, like, chose basically their whole section. So where I was sitting, I couldn't see anyone. And so I fall asleep. Nice. And then I wake up and we hit some really heavy turbulence and it just felt like a ghost plane because you couldn't see anyone. Oh, it was my dark. Gosh. Yeah. And the plane is like going up and down and up and down. And of course, like, there's no one to get like a reference of. Like, you know, after like 20 minutes of not seeing anyone, you're kind of like, is this flying itself?
0: <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, that would be a little a little bit that, unnerving. That would be
1: that would be kind of scary. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so so I, back in L.A., and, and that was when I shot Malibu Crush. So I was in okay. Australia, and that's why some of the scenes uh, faking America for the U.S. Uh, sorry, faking Australia for the U.S. were shot in Australia uh, and then obviously finished the film and then went back to, to L.A., Oh, okay. uh, and the, the movie was in post. Wait, okay, so yeah. actually,
1: I have a question. I, I have a couple. I have like, oh, hold on. I have a oh. a, a, a writing tablet here that I want to. Um, sure. So I actually, on my on my questions, I, I wrote, where was it filmed? So the entire thing was filmed in Australia?
2: Yeah, so we, we shot, I would say, 90% of it in Australia, faking Australia um, to look like the US. And then I have a friend of mine who's a very, very talented cinematographer, Stephen Napolitano. Uh, he was back in LA at the time, and I, I said to him, hey, can you give us some B-roll down at Santa Monica and Beverly Hills? So he went, and that was, again, like being creative during COVID. He sort of went, we had some FaceTime while he was shooting, and then he shot some really good stuff uh, down there. And then he sent that over to us, the footage, and then we were able to kind of put it all together. Uh, so there is a little bit of, of Los Angeles that's real, but uh, yeah, pretty much everything was in Australia.
1: Yeah, oh, I thought wow. it was it was it was well faked. I thought it was I thought it was Los Angeles. So I, <laughs> you know, I oh, mean, it's a huge compliment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was I was yeah. like, oh yeah, this is uh, definitely you know, I mean, I thought it was California. So yeah, I yeah. actually,
0: when you mentioned earlier uh, some of your your first short film that you had these like beautiful vistas i thought you must just have an eye for photography because both the australian section and like the part that was like in malibu crush um when it was like your younger self or that your character's younger self ask like trying to force bridget to marry him and there's like this beautiful sunset there's like beautiful sunset there's just like these beautiful vistas in the movie and it looked like maybe there was some drone shots coming in over the coast maybe if i'm right in australia and i i think you had some really really cool like i agree big shots and really pretty scenery in it and i so you must have an eye for photography because it sounds like that's was incorporated in your first uh short film as well
2: we were trying to push the production budget up because it was very, very indie film. Like, it was shot on basically no money at all. Uh, But that was like an area that, yeah, like, I thank you for the compliment. I think I need to give the cinematographers all the credit though, because (laughs) Stephen and Connor uh, and this Italian guy, uh, Eugenie, um, who shot some stuff as well for us one day, uh, just have, like, I know what you mean. Like, some of these shots do stand out really well and it pushes the budget up as well in a film um But it kind of separates it from being like you know horror films got that darker sort of look, and then you know in the color grade, you know some people make it like a minted or a tint look to give it a more hard edge. It's like it's very, I guess you could say like Miami vibes, you know, like clean water, yeah. aqua blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay, so I let's see, I I want to. Sorry, we're kind of going back and forth on this. Uh, so. What was um, like the triggering moment or event that made you decide to pursue film? Or if if you have one.
2: That's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, just during, in Australia, it's a little bit different. Uh, Like there's a lot more emphasis on like, you know, swimming and surfing and sport. There isn't like a big Hollywood uh, sort of, or let's say a big entertainment industry, to be fair. So I think, you know, it wasn't really on the radar. And then I finished high school and I just know, I think when I started auditioning for NIDA, which is like a a pretty decent acting school, um, well, it was back then, uh, the, you know, I started falling in love with just all the creative process, which I didn't really have earlier because, again, you sometimes don't really pursue things if there isn't an opportunity like right in front of you. So then, yeah, like learning to kind of be a little bit more creative uh, and I, I sort of really enjoyed that and then it sort of, you know, again, the more I learned, the more I enjoyed it. So
1: so do you like being a director or an actor more or like what's, you know, <laughs> which
2: which one is your I, favorite? I, I really like it. I really like it the more, but I mean, probably directing is becoming more and more exciting. And then my day job as a producer here. so kind of you do start to fall in love with using you know thinking about this and then learning about tax credits and then negotiating deals here like you you do stretch yourself a little bit which is i think really exciting uh i think if you want a really good job like an actor is a pretty damn good job like they pay you to sit in the trailer they (laughs) give you all the like you know luxuries that you would like you you go there you do your scene and then if the movie's good or the tv show's good like you get all the credit but like i said With the those shots that you said, you know, like the cinematographer often doesn't get the credit because they made the film, or the editor did such a good good job in post. So I think, like, I think an actor is a really good job. uh, But I do like stretching myself uh, and learning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I let's see. Well, I did have a.
0: Oh yeah. So if you... you have anything you wrote and directed oh, wow. Malibu Crush which i don't think we've mentioned but that's the the latest project that's available on Amazon that's what we watched but you said early in the interview that you have a project coming up about UFOs so that's Descending your... Skies
2: right Descending Skies yeah
0: yeah so yeah. so obviously like Malibu Crush very like goofy comedy romantic comedy kind of buddy comedy Obviously, I'm assuming the UFO movie is going to have a little bit more uh, serious tone. So, what's your what's your favorite yeah. genre, or maybe you just all over? Maybe you just like them all. Or
2: I, I really just love good stories, and it's it's sometimes like you know when you were mentioning like Tommy Boy and some of those old school classics, uh, like they're amazing. And then also at the same time, back in those days, movies like Dances with Wolves, for example, like you know a movie like that. So I, I I just love really nice stories and sharing that. Uh, but I, I'd say probably, yeah, that, that whole Farley Brothers, that sort of stupid comedy, which started with that really that model A New York model agent uh, short film. I think that's always going to be sort of underlining somewhere as the as the passion. Mm-hmm. I yeah. understand that. I understand that. So
0: what are your top five favorite movies? Yes. Or I mean, like that might be hard. So just five Firing movies lines. you really like. Like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i would love to i would love to hear it you know because you guys review movies i would love to hear yours as well oh okay, uh, sure yeah. yeah i i would say like in no, uh, probably the top two I, I was a huge fan of catherine bigelow's point break the original oh, oh yeah. yeah i like that one
1: uh, with patrick swayze and and keanu reeves patrick, yeah yeah i
2: think it's 1993 uh I, I think james cameron was an ep on it as well Oh wow really uh they're married right I th-
1: they were yeah, they okay. they got divorced yeah yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think it was around that time when they made the movie, but it, at the same time, it was like, yeah, I thought that movie. oh, that's a great movie. The way it holds up. Uh, I think so. Catherine Bigelow was really talented. She mm-hmm. is an incredible director. Yeah. Uh, so I thought uh, that's that's their Dumb and Dumber. Uh, huge fan of. Uh, let's see, it's it's hard after that. Like I, I, I like the James Bond movies. Oh okay. uh,
0: more uh, than yeah, I. That's like fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> give or take. Uh, probably the. Yeah, Daniel Craig. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, uh, I, I
0: agree.
2: And then I think, I and mean, there's just a lot of really, I guess, a, a lot of other movies that you watch and you think, yeah, like I, I enjoyed the original Van Wilder movie with Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, uh, that one
1: was fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you brought up some great movies like uh, Dances with Wolves, Tommy Boy, Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, there's, there's, you know, they kind of go from there, but I think Point Break and Dumb and Dumber were Dumb pretty good, but how about, how about yours?
1: You want to go, go first? You go first. Okay. Uh, well, one of my all time favorites is American Beauty, um, with Kevin Spacey classic, and, yeah. and uh, Net Bening. Um, that's something I've liked since I was a teen. So it's been like 20 years since I've loved that movie. Um, uh, Sound of Music probably is one of my top yeah, favorites. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, gosh, I mean, I have so many, it's like. You know, it, it's like a, I'm like, oh no, I can't think of. I'm like, what's a movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have I ever There's even seen many? a movie yeah. before? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Howells. Oh, you know, I have a I have a Breakfast at Tiffany's. He can't uh, see it uh, post, so You camera. can't see it, but it's right there. I would say Breakfast at Tiffany's, Howells Moving Castle, Elizabeth,
0: Town.
1: what Elizabeth Town? Oh yes, yeah. That's we actually very much connected. That was kind of like our first mm-hmm. movie. I think that we connected on because. Um it wasn't a very popular film I think because of the casting. People were maybe like iffy about seeing it it's with yeah. Orlando Bloom and and Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Yes. But we both I was like, "Have you ever seen Elizabeth Town?" She's like, "I love that movie." And so we kind of just connected on that and, and it's it's a great
0: film. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, what about
1: yours? Uh
0: Interstellar is probably my favorite movie. Um I really like Dazed and Confused. Uh Elizabeth Town as well that would have to be in my Rushmore and um, Adventureland with Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg which is I think also gaining a lot more traction after its release but when it was initially released I think it was kind of passed over but I think it's it's a really good movie about like work nostalgia before you get your real career and, and I think it's good.
1: Yeah. I wanted to see I think I wanted to see that, but I mean I love Kristen Stewart, I'm a huge fan, so <laughs> I, bet I I I don't care. I'm a huge fan. I love her. She's good. <laughs> I like her.
2: These are fantastic, yeah. I, I, I think like it's you forget about some of these too. Like I you know, Interstellar, Rushmore, uh like all of these films have those little intrinsic um quality that makes them different from just like a you know movie of the week or just what you see Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. i think like i i can i could probably watch most movies over again but there are some movies that you know you can just like put on and watch like i could go to an exotic location and turn the tv on in the hotel so i'm in this exact like let's say i go to australia and i'm only there for a week and a half but I turn on the TV in the hotel and Dazed and Confused is playing. I'm going to sit in the hotel and watch Dazed and Confused and then go right, see Australia. Right, right. You know, so it's that kind of, those kind of movies, right, I think. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And, you know, a uh, thing like American Beauty has, it's it's changed, or my feelings towards it have changed as I've grown older. Initially, um, the, like, relationship between Kevin Spacey's character and, and – uh, uh, what the me hell was her me. name? What was it? I mean, yeah, Umari, I thought was, like, kind of sexy when I was a teen, and then I grew up, and I went, actually, it's pretty gross that he's uh, pursuing a 16-year-old. So that really changed my point of view, but it, I still love that movie just as much as I did when I was a teen, because it's a great film, you know? So it, it holds a special oh, yeah. place in my heart, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's interesting, because you look at, like, directors who do one good film like that, like Sam Mendes, uh, kind of, like, they tend to just... You know, I guess you'd say, like, they don't go and just do a smorgasbord of films for the sake of it. Like, they, they build from that, and then it's like, you know, I thought he was really good with, with James Bond. Yeah, he did Skyfall,
1: uh, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: he did He did a couple, but Skyfall, I think, was his best one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I love that work. It's it's interesting, too, because I think sometimes the, the key is there's always good performances. Um, yeah, Kind definitely. of like a side... But, it just it reminds me actually of a really kind of strange story but it's also very funny but when i first was at nida it's quite a serious acting school like Kate blanchett and mel gibson went there oh, and wow. um alex O'Loughlin, sam worthington like there's there's a really good solid alumni but i remember like this one particular class we had a uh, a, a brand new teacher who was super serious like there, there was i don't think he laughed the entire year that year ever <laughs> um and he was like hardcore acting and i remember he put us all in this circle and he's like i'm gonna go around the room and i'm gonna evaluate you uh tell me why you're here and who is your favorite actor
0: what is your who is your daddy and what does he do (laughs) (laughs)
2: right yeah it was it it, it was it was very like there's no room for error because (laughs) and obviously everyone's standing around and uh there was one of my friends from from there he's like he's he's pretty funny most of the time. But he's standing there anyway. but going around, and everyone's saying, Oh, like, you know, my favorite actors, you know, Meryl Streep or, or Russell Crowe, and I'm here because I want to win an Oscar. And then it got to my friend Harry, and he thought it would be funny to say his favorite actor was Jessica Simpson, <laughs> and he wants to win an Oscar. <laughs> and, I swear it was like that point where it's like when you're talking about good movies and bad movies, it's like, and no disrespect Jessica Simpson, I don't even think she wants to be an actress, so it's it's nothing against her, but just like, you you know, Oscar winner versus, anyway, for the whole year, this guy just wrote my friend Harry, and it just, it's very, I think people see movies as either like really good, like, like you were saying, or they're, you know, I'm not going to even try and watch it again, or it's a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that whole, uh, you know, a good movie either stands out or it doesn't. I'll watch it again or I won't. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. So I
0: think also to piggyback on what you said about performances, that how difficult comedy is. And I think people maybe overlook comedy, but they don't realize how difficult it actually is. Like, For everything Russell Crowe did in Gladiator, like Jim Carrey doing in Dumb and Dumber is just as difficult, difficult, you know, just opposite ends of the same spectrum. I don't know. I think comedy needs it's like. Yeah, well, we were talking about Will and
1: Grace and because I was I've been rewatching it and I was talking about Eric McCormick Mm -hmm. and I was like, he's not really like a funny actor you know like all of his lines are like i'm like i don't even crack a smile at your lines like they're just not funny and you were saying something like yeah he's definitely not the strength of the show like he's not the comedic strength of the show and i think you're right it's there's certain people have that charisma and um are able to be funny and some people just don't have it and that's you know
0: it's fine but it well, is what it is so. I mean not everybody can be like a dramatic actor ah, or a very true fan, I mean not not everyone just, can be Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> like well Jessica Simpson maybe isn't the best example but if he would have said like maybe Jim Carrey maybe they would have still kind of like poo-pooed it you know because it's comedy and not no, that's, like, true. that's true toss, you know so it,
2: it, yeah I, I think I think some people get yeah I completely agree because I think some people kind of uh they look at it like um an academy award is like marlon brando and you know the, you can't take that away like that's marlon brando but then i look at you know say steve carell yeah i was office.
0: actually gonna bring him up yeah he's
2: right i mean that that show sure wouldn't have lasted uh you know too long and early on if he hadn't been there to kind of you know spearhead it so it's like i think yeah uh giving people credit across the board
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree um so we wanted to know who, oh wait, let's see, okay. Um, who so far, like actor wise or whatever, cinematography wise, whatever, who's been like your favorite person to work with?
2: I, I haven't worked with this person, but just if you say like probably the best actor, I saw DiCaprio working um, when he was shooting The Great Gatsby. Okay. Uh, I was on set a couple of days and That's cool. he was phenomenal. Uh, like, like for me, you know, I'd been through NIDER, you know, you learn all the techniques and voice and movement and things, but to actually watch like him, uh, like the scenes, <clears throat> one particular day, he was shooting a scene that had no dialogue It had Kerry Milligan and Toby Maguire in the scene with all the dialogue. And even when they were doing the scene and he had no lines, he still stole the scene. It was just unbelievable. And it was like, he'd learned to just pace like one step behind them. And that means the camera will be focusing on him more, but then his his kind of like his reactions to what they were saying is where he stole the scene. So he was actually stealing the scene by listening. And it was like, they were shooting at quite a quick pace, this particular scene. And it was like every time he just did it every time. And I was kind of like, that's, that's pretty rare when you can, it's not like once or it's not just here and there. Like he, he, know that person dressed the best it was like every time and I was just like yeah that's that's phenomenal so he's the real deal he's Mm -hmm. the real deal when it's not the editor that makes him look good he's a really good actor
0: (laughs) I love stories like that that you just reminded me of um so Katy Perry the pop star has a documentary out that came out in the height of her fame and they were talking to a record like a record producer who she first visited like and he said when you meet, when you're in the presence of someone who's going to be a superstar, they do everything different. They wear their clothes different. They talk different. They sit still different. And, and that's always stuck with me. And so your story about DiCaprio made me think of that immediately. Like, it's just it's just part of their being. Like, right, they're right, just right. They just are this whatever thing that they're going to become. And that's really cool. I, that's really cool. I've never heard a story like that before. I like that. You know, I really love I, Titanic, too, now that we're <laughs> discussing <with>
2: DiCaprio. <laughs> The, the box office loved that too.
0: <laughs> I yeah.
1: love that movie. I'm a I'm a big fan. I've That's been good. a fan That's since fun. '97.
2: <laughs> yeah, James Cameron. I think he's fantastic. I I think what you were saying. I I I looked at it at the same thing. I think occasionally you see people that were born to do something and they are pursuing what they're meant to do. It's like you know Michael Jordan or uh, you know professional motorcycle rider or surfer. It's like when you see them in their element it's really really hard not to just be fascinated at the skill yeah because it's rare to see that I think a lot of people it's the other side it's like oh they're an actor a singer a writer director because uh it's not really what they want to do it's just you know that's the coolest job or that's the the fastest way to make money and it's yeah seeing someone in their element is special
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I bet yeah so, actually, that um, leads me to my next question. Uh, it, who is, like, your ideal person to work with? Is that Leonardo DiCaprio or do you have someone second else? Ideal, or, second ideal, second most ideal second person ideal. to work with.
2: It's, it's kind of weird because I don't see it, but to answer your question, it, it definitely would be Owen Wilson. And I say that because I love Owen Wilson. for mm-hmm. some reason, a lot of people say, oh, you look like him or, oh, like, you know, are you his brother? And it's it's not like because I've gone out of my way to. Uh, I again I don't really see it. But there was even like an article that said like Owen Wilson's brother leaves. That was at this event in Hollywood, and I looked it up and he's got two like Luke and then he's got another brother Andrew and I don't look anything like Andrew the other brother. So uh, so just to work with him just to see whether there's any similarities or like am I not missing something. Um, yeah, but I, I think he's a great actor. I think he's really, really, uh, really talented. Like you said, he's he's not like the Marlon Brando. He's just a very talented, uh, comedic-timed, you know, good actor. Mm-hmm. You
1: yeah, know, speaking of him. comedy movies, I have to – this is because you had asked us what kind of comedy movies they like. Zoolander is one of my favorites. Oh, that's, yeah. Say. The original yeah. Zoolander, yeah. I love yeah. Zoolander. I haven't seen and the second one, but I, I did love yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah.
0: What were you saying? Speaking of Owen Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what. Triggered. Triggered in the room, (laughs) I guess.
1: Triggered. Triggered (laughs) in Yeah. yeah. Um, I always thought that one was funny, and I always loved his character because he's just so, they're they're just so ridiculous, you know, and they don't know what they're doing. Like, the files, the files are in the computer, you know? Yeah, I
2: think David Duchovny's got a really good line about his hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: but
1: uh yeah 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 Um. i I, but why male models um
0: yeah so i did have one comment i keep thinking Mm -hmm. of this and i want to say it before i forget because if we end this and i don't say it there was something about malibu crush that stuck out to me and i was wondering if this well i think it's sort of delightfully crass uh there's a lot of like really like there's like dirty jokes and then it goes like one step further there's and i was just wondering is that something that you sort of had carte blanche to do because you were you know so involved and you created and everything if if you had taken that movie to a bigger studio would they have tried to like tone it down or because i thought someone was really funny like the friend i think is his name dewey dewey was yeah i'm I'm gonna like foray into into um chris Farley on s n l where I just tell you scenes in the movie that you created, but they're sitting in the <laughs> they're they're sitting in the truck, and Dewey says something like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> she wants you to send nude photos while you're on the toilet masturbating and I was like that extra <laughs> is that is that something that you were able to just do because I was just wondering what the difference between jokes like that if if there's if big studios would sort of put up a kibosh on that or if you would still have that sort of freedom.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, I remember that clearly because there was actually more than that in the edit <laughs> um, that kind of got cut down. Yeah, it's a really good question because I think the so so everyone who hasn't seen it, just so they know, it's it's a very indie comedy stuck in lockdown in Australia before being able to go back to Los Angeles, decided to make this, you know, goofy, I would say, uh, a mix between Dumb and Dumber, Shallow How, uh, American Pie, in that sort of vein comedy. So the the pros are when you make an independent film like that and you don't have a big studio behind you is you can shoot it however you want and then the best thing to do is, you know, shoot so that you could peel it back in the edit, rather oh, okay. than shoot yeah. it like G rated and then try and sell it as like American Pie, but you've shot it very much like movie of the week. So initially my thoughts were, yeah, like let's try and get as close as we can to some of those like 90s comedies where, you know, they make fun of themselves a lot, but they're also kind of like, if it's a comedy, it's a comedy. So that was kind of like the intention. And then in the edit, we sort of peeled it back a little bit. And I think the, the, it was funny because the distributor always comes along and they have their audience. So they kind of say like, hey, the audience is going to be guys that like hot chicks, or this is an audience, which is like everyone that loved American Pie will love this, or it's this age group. It was funny because the audience you know the distributor in australia they were kind of like yeah i think it's a full-on comedy but then the distributor in america was saying you know i think it could come under rom-com and then in the back of my mind i could see that some of those lines some of those lines might need to be taken out to make it more (laughs) of a rom-com so i think it, it sort of depends that that third like you said if it's a studio today, I think they'd probably really peel it back and make it more of a rom-com. But five years ago, a studio would have been like, "No, we want more of that American Pie." Like, okay, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I really liked so. that you went there. You went there on multiple, like, multiple times in the movie. The joke like went to the extra place. Then I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't expect <laughs> that." So
1: I actually had a question <laughs> for you. Right. I want to know <laughs> if I'm right or not. I wrote down uh, Dewey is the kind of guy that thinks strippers are into him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. Uh,
2: the Dewey character, he's, he's, he's the guy. Um, yes, he thinks strippers are into him. <laughs> uh, the scene where he asked, um, he asked the, the husband to leave. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. A life with his wife and, kid, <laughs> uh, Off nothing. Um, yeah he's he's that he's the star of the movie like he is the comic relief but he's also the guy that has the big heart and i think he was written in that element of like back in the 80s and 90s where you had chris farley who you know causes mayhem delusionary in some ways but has a big heart and so you root for the underdog uh rather than oh he's just crass and loud and says crude jokes and we like him because he says that it's you know there's a lot of heart underneath um and, and dewey's character like If there was, you know, I'd sort of written it so that if Michael had ended up with Bridget at the end of the movie, which would have been more a rom com style movie, but if he had, I'd written it so that Dewey would actually then try and break them up because Dewey wants to be like, you know, like the number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jealousy, yeah, Yeah, I I like that. that. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So it was like, so it was like, you know at the end of the movie if it was a rom-com you know happily ever after um and then yeah dewey would be like oh michael i saw her cheating on you like, like, <laughs> like just in that subtle way to try and break them up so he can stay the best friend so yeah
1: so were you did you uh have the ending with michael ending up with emma or kind of like starting a relationship with emma did you initially have that or was that something that was like added later because you wanted the rom-com element in there
2: so yeah like i didn't want them to end up together and again like you know in a perfect world you'd have like a proper script writer and a proper you know i was wearing a lot of hats then but i had written that if it was a rom-com you'd have them together and it would have that kind of like you know everything works out sort of feeling but to keep it like a comedy and to keep that like these two guys don't actually deserve to get her uh then they can't end up together because if you kind of peel back Pretty much everybody they come into contact with, like, they make their life worse. Uh, you know, from, like, the house they stay at. Yeah, the, the, the
0: athlete the, whose the grandma, career will never
2: the, the, the they step by the parent. They send the guy to hospital, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like technically they don't deserve a happily ever after, <laughs> um, even if it's not their intention to be doing this stuff. So, yeah, that was, like, the, the mindset.
1: Okay, that was interesting. I liked that they ended up together. I thought that was... Or, yeah, I liked that he, That, was, that
0: um, was cute. That character ended up with... Uh, your character ended up with the, the hot AD. Like Emma? Yeah. That Emma. Emma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emma, yeah. 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 Bella,
2: yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I and liked a, how nasty... Like
0: the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No,
2: no, you guys keep
0: going. I was just gonna say I liked how nasty Bridget was, like, immediately. She didn't entertain them for a second. I thought that was funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah kelly's a really good actress too she um she did a really good job of just playing this like i'm annoyed you ruined my friend's (laughs) way yeah yeah yeah.
1: Uh, i know well they come in like hey what's up (laughs) i'm in love with you and she's like i don't even know who you fucking are (laughs) like what's (laughs) up (laughs) um
2: yeah
1: i was curious so the music was it all written specifically for the film or was it like um I I guess I don't really know like what goes into the music in films
2: you know yeah, so that, that was like a great that was like so that was the big thing for any filmmakers out there like the budget of the film the actual score is bigger than what you think so the the actual music that we used was very much just um, you know basically getting the best royalty free music we could and keeping it in the genre of uh just having um having that tone of the film so it's not you know we're not just going oh that song sounds good it's obviously you know the, the post team finding the best we can for our budget so it was more just trying to keep it in that fun upbeat uh and then John Resk who did the sound mix was he was really he's a really good dude and really talented he helped a lot and Brianna who edited it uh she did a fantastic job so it's it's kind of like there's there's input, but it's it's not kind of like oh I like that song it sounds good. It's like okay, so you know, obviously, what budget do we have, and you know, what part of the movie is this? If we turn the if we turn the dialogue down, does this music tell the story as well?
1: Mm-hmm. I think I mean music is so important. Oh yeah, you know time. it's it's. Yeah. It, it really can make or break something, I feel like, you know? So, it's, oh, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked the music. I thought that you chose good songs for it. I felt like it, it carried the, or not carried, but it, it had, it had, it added to the film is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, if if I could do anything different, and this is, again, like just learning more of the tricks, you know, that studios in Hollywood like you to do when you have a, you know, when they're distributing their film, but it's, you know, if you don't have a big budget for, you know, like a proper composer to go, like, you know, you don't have John Barry, you know, to do your movie like he does with Indiana Jones or Star Wars. It's like, if you don't have that, uh, try and get a commercial track for the opening scene. So then... Even if the audience doesn't love the movie, you know, maybe it's a Katy Perry song, it's catchy, they remember the first scene, and get a commercial track for the end scene. Oh, interesting. And that way when they finish the movie, it's like, oh, they hear that music playing, you know, in their car, and they think, oh, you know, I remember the movie. So it's, don't have to fill the whole movie up with, you know, like, you know, Jay-Z or Beyonce, but if you could just get one track or two tracks that really helps push it a little bit more at, uh, to the audience. And then little things like that, which help the indie filmmaker sell it.
1: That makes sense because yeah. I've been, at, well, I work at a dance studio, and so I'll hear music. And I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this. This reminds me of this movie. This reminds me of this show. And I'll be saying that to like the instructors or my coworkers. And um, and it's just, I don't know. I don't think anyone quite quite gets it like the way she does. You
0: know, There's no one like me, I'm the not- Dewey character in this situation, <laughs> <laughs> fighting to be first place. I'm number one.
2: <laughs> no, I I I, uh, I I'm this music that I've heard that I have no idea who the band is. I have no idea. Uh, but you hear, yeah, you hear the the song, and you're like, oh, that songs from this movie. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: that's clever. That's exactly. a clever thing to do. Yeah. I, I never even thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. That that yeah. having that, like, trigger memory of, of a song that you're like, oh, hey, this yeah. is also in a thing. Or oh, speaking whatever, of know,
0: Titanic, song. I think they did that expertly. with the <laughs> Celine Dion song.
1: Yeah. We've talked a lot about how the Titanic soundtrack oh, well, is basically yeah. My Heart Will Go On, but, like, instrumental e- either, like, like, instrumental or, like, slower, like, fast. <laughs> you know, yeah, like,
0: this is the, the peril <laughs> version of My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sex scene <laughs> version of My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. But, yeah, but as soon as you hear that song on the radio, just like the oh pop yeah, I mean it's song. so iconic, yeah. you
1: know. Yeah, so it's yeah exactly. Um,
2: yeah, so it's it's gonna be hard to use Celine Dion's music, um, <laughs> you know, in a comedy movie. Yeah. After Titanic. oh right 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 <laughs> Yes, yeah.
1: yes yes yes, I agree. Um, so we wanted to know: um, Do you have any advice for people who want to get into the film industry?
2: You know, I. Uh, That's a really interesting thing you asked me that because I've been with my day job with mobile productions, you know, we do a lot of Instagram lives and that's the one question I ask, I used to ask all my guests Um, and they always had these really good advice and I always used to just, you know, write them down and kind of like marinate on them and sort of see, because it depends on the time. Uh, What, like with that question, any specifics, like wanting to be an actor in the industry or behind the scenes or...
0: Um I guess, like, I don't know. I'm thinking behind the scenes, yeah, first and I foremost. Yeah, so too. like, yeah. Like anyone who wants to get involved in the maybe actual craft drag. of like creating movies or yeah, any like, aspect. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think, like, the one thing I've noticed is, and I say this, is was a good and a bad thing, but when you come from like another place to Los Angeles, uh, you know, like maybe you grew up in Denver and then you moved to, to LA the one thing is like to keeping in mind, there's a real difference between like it is a business 99% of the time and then there's the 1% creative. So I think like it really helps like one piece of advice behind the scenes is just <clears throat> having a really good attitude of I'm not going to be offended mm-hmm. um, well, because just- it's not that they don't like my script, my movie, my color grade whatever, it's also business, meaning like you can't get upset for a distributor that distributes comedy movies who didn't pick up your horror film, or if you're pitching your movie to someone because they work in the film industry, and you're like, hey, like I want to make this movie, and you give them a script, and they send it back, and they go, no, I didn't like the script, maybe it's because they're used to you know, making movies that are T V or, you know, lower budget and you've pitched them a, a higher budget movie. Like it's not that they don't like you, it's more just this is a business. And I think a lot of people do the opposite. Like they send their script off to say fifty people, no one picks it up, and then they start thinking, Oh, well maybe it's the writing or maybe I'm not good enough and it's like, have you looked a little bit further to realize you know, people have a reason for doing things. And sometimes it's, its yeah, it's usually just business orientated. Oh, okay. yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Actually,
0: that could work in all aspects of life is to have yeah. th- thick skin. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah. like, uh,
1: if you're, like, writing a novel or something and you're trying to get it published, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the s- same idea, really, more or less, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, because it's, like, you do find, like, I, I love the industry. I think it's fantastic. But I think, you know, you learn to play the game a little bit as far as you know if someone says oh like I'm best friends with Steven Spielberg you know you don't just go oh okay well great well like you know let's make a movie it's like you kind of have to you know sometimes that person may not be telling the truth or you know um, it's, it's like, yeah the best is when you meet actors in Hollywood and they say oh you know yeah I just did a Jennifer Lawrence and George Clooney movie you know and then you kind of realize they played an extra <laughs> no lines but they have that attitude like as in like you know yeah. I'm doing a Martin Scorsese movie next next month.
1: That would as 100% ex- be me. I'd be <laughs> like, I worked with Martin Scorsese. so yeah. <laughs> They're like, right, yeah, you were right. in
0: one scene for two seconds. I'd be like, still counted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I was actually in, uh, there was a movie that was filming in Michigan, like, probably 10 years ago. It was a very low-budget indie film as well, called The Lake Effect, I don't know how you can watch it now, but there was a party scene and I got to be an extra and you see my back for like three seconds, but I still use it for like getting to know you two truths and a lie when you're starting a new job or something. I always say like, I was in a movie that was on Netflix, (laughs) but really nobody would know. Like I know where I am because I know what I look like, but you would never (laughs) see me otherwise. (laughs) So, yeah.
2: Hey, I've heard, I've heard. Far more stretched stories <laughs> about about you know yeah I was uh, I was in Game of Thrones <laughs> they were not in the movie and they weren't in the cast they just happened to be watching. And, I saw know, it from a distance. The, yeah. They, yeah, <laughs> they thought the camera picked up some of the people watching it. <laughs> So you know, a lot, I was there, uh, a lot of bandwidth.
1: I was, uh, I was in Italy like oh, you, when I was like 21 with my family because we have family there. And my aunt goes, we were in Lake Como. My aunt goes, I saw George Clooney today. And I was like, you saw George Clooney? And she goes, I saw a helicopter. And I was like, okay, I guess that was George Clooney.
2: I think, I think one of the best examples is I, I do remember <clears throat> I met someone in L.A., and I think they were trying to impress me because we were driving in this particular street and they're kind of like, oh, Danny DeVito lives there. And it was just by chance, I happened to know that house and who lived there through someone that worked real estate who, you know, sold it a couple of times. Danny DeVito didn't live there. (laughs) Uh, But I kind of just was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. How how do you know that? And he's like, yeah, went on the TMZ tour. And... (laughs) TMC is driving these people on their bus going on oh, that's Danny DeVito's house and you know that's that's So-so's house and people don't know. Yeah, it's like, right. just a fence yeah. with a hedge. Right. Yeah. Up for a while. So oh, yeah, there's... I wonder how
0: much that pays. I might have to get into a new industry <laughs> just like star tours. I like
2: that. Yeah. And here's
1: Hugh Jackman's house.
0: or yes. whatever. I yeah, guess.
1: But you don't know. So <laughs> Um, so we wanted to know, do you have anything that you wanted to plug on here?
2: Well, I, I would I would love for people just to keep an eye out for Ascending Skies, uh, Descending Skies, which is uh, this USO thriller. I mean, we're in the process of getting the, the interim waiver from SAG so we can shoot during the strike, uh, but that should be a really exciting movie shot out of Vasquez Rocks, uh, which if anyone doesn't know, Google Vasquez Rocks, it's these alien type rocks that stick out of the ground. Oh, cool. uh, about forty-five minutes drive from LA. Oh, that's so, cool. yeah, so really, really excited about that. And I mean, my day job with Mogul, uh, the film that we funded, Dreamer, it won Mammoth Film Festival uh, this this year. Uh, Diego Carver and uh, Jason Patrick. Uh, look out for that. Anyone that likes Sound of Freedom, this is this is a really good film, uh, which will be coming out soon. Uh, and other than that, I mean, I was just really thankful to be on, have a chat with you. Yeah, yeah, it's been really great, you. it's
1: been very nice, we're, we were glad to talk to you, and it, this is kind of, you know, I mean, this is, well, it is the first time that we've done anything like this, so this like was, yeah. it was exciting, and a little nerve-wracking, but in a good way, so it was, you know, I mean, it Definitely was exciting. Definitely
2: many more, i do many, many more, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, <but> yeah, thank <laughs> you for being yes. on, this has been really and fun. wasn't really there cool. another, you're producing another film with, uh, you said with um, Shelley uh, Duvall, was it, or was it Shelley Duvall? Oh,
2: Right, The Forest Hills, I, always confuse yes. this, I people always confuse look out for that as well, Shelley that's coming Winters out, and that completely slipped my mind, yeah. Uh, anyone, keep a lookout for The Forest Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's already been shot in post, uh, the color's been done, it looks amazing. Uh, it's a horror film, uh, Shelley Duvall, uh anyone who remembers Ed Furlong, uh, Terminator 2. Yeah, I didn't uh, even know
0: he was still in the business, so that's really cool. Yeah, both of yeah, them kind like some... of, took a break, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, 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 yeah. I mean, there's some, there's a horror film, there's the thriller, and hopefully I can revisit another Dumb and Dumber movie uh, <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Thanks well, for being so, on. Thank yeah. you so much for being on. It was really nice to meet you, and yeah. it was nice to see your movie and watch it. That was really exciting, and it's been, it's been very fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you
2: so much. I really appreciate that. And, and likewise as well.
0: All right, awesome. <laughs> I yeah, I hope the strike ends soon for you. Yes, and seriously, that,
2: I out. Otherwise, next time on, on, I'll be plugging a reality TV show. Oh yeah, yeah there you Nine. go. Ninety-one yeah. day fiance. 91 <laughs> day fiance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day fiance. One day fiance. That's your trademark. You better copyright that. Cause yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: If you like our podcast, uh, go to iTunes. Please give us five stars. It helps us out. And thank you so much to Mike Myers for our theme music.
0: Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at The Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye.